Be patient and embrace the learning. The trial and error and the experiments, whether you're making a physical product or you're coming up with a digital download, respect and enjoy the process. Are you ready to reinvent your organization and create a workplace of the future? Welcome to the Optimized Workplace. My name is Fran Dean Bishop, and I'm the founder and CEO of Aerobody. Join me each week as I welcome innovators, A-listers, and trailblazers who will share their individual experiences with creating an optimized workplace. This podcast will inspire you to find new and unique ways of helping your organization thrive while providing an exceptional experience for your employees and nourishing their well-being. Ready to get started? Learn more at theoptimizedworkplace.co. Welcome to The Optimized Workplace. I'm your host, Fran Dean Bishop, where our discussions with influencers, experts, and innovators are helping transform the well-being and sustainability of today's workplaces and spaces. Today, I'm speaking with the incomparable Lacey Hagen, CEO and founder of Beauty Nouveau, a truly unique skincare company. Beauty Nouveau holds the mission of helping women prepare themselves for their very best day, every day and holds a vision of a world where our worth and value is not attached to our beauty. Hold on to your hats, folks, because I think this is going to be a, a, a really phenomenal conversation. Lacey founded Beauty Nouveau after years of working in mainstream luxury cosmetics industry and realizing that the industry was outdated and stuck on profit over people. And her passion was to create a full line of petroleum-free truly botanical products that would deliver the most luxurious experience and also fit into the real-time, fast-moving needs of fast-moving modern women like yours truly. Lacey believes that a modern skincare company must be values-based and provide helpful education about skincare, self-care, and self-advocacy and be a core mission of their strategy. I love everything about that. Yes, that's her rap sheet, but let me tell you who she really is. So uh, full disclosure, Lacey is actually um, an advisor of mine through the Pinnacle Global Network. I've known her for about two years now. Uh, I, I just think she's phenomenal. I've used her products. So full disclosure, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the, the fan fave. I'm loving everything that she's doing, and I'm so happy to bring her to the, our audience here on The Optimized Workplace. So welcome, Lacey. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, I'm excited to dive into this conversation because I think I, I've always loved from afar watching the cosmetic and beauty, beauty industry. I know you've been in it uh, for decades now. She doesn't look like it. If you ever meet her in person, she looks like literally she just finished college. She's gorgeous woman, porcelain skin, just the whole nine yards. Kind of makes you a little bit like, yeah, yeah. You know how people always look perfect who are working at cosmetic counters where she's one of those people, but she's also a real, real live gal. Like I love everything about her. She's so real and so phenomenal. And I want you to unpack um, the nine core values of Beauty Nouveau, because I thought this was really interesting when I was looking at the show notes about your organization. You know, what was it that made you create those nine core values when you were even launching this, this company and this idea in the beginning? I would have to say that the values weren't necessarily something that was immediately apparent to me. I couldn't have listed in the very beginning, here's what our nine core values are. But as I really worked to unpack what I was trying to do and the culture I wanted to create and the feeling I wanted to give to not only our customers, but also team members was... Um, very much enraptured in values. And I really also wanted to create a 
framework for communication because mm-hmm. we talk a lot about vision, which I think is very linked to values. But sometimes it's hard to communicate vision. How do you communicate something that hasn't happened yet that you may see in your mind's eye, but you may not be able to articulate verbally in such a way that people really understand where you're going? So we may not always understand our vision entirely, but we can always understand our values. And so those are really the core foundational pieces of how we do everything. So whether it's how I decide to respond to an email, how I decide to respond to a person in front of me, how we create a product, how we talk about our product. If we can connect that to values, we will always be on brand and we will always be on mission and we will eventually always be walking towards our vision. So I think that they're they're behavioral indicators, they're KPIs, but they're also just a way to ground everybody in the same direction. Mm, that is so rich. Your people must be, you must put them through such a vetting cycle. I can only imagine. <laughs> I'm curious though, you know, what was your why? There are, so, I mean, I'm sure you get this question a lot, but there are so many cosmetic companies. There's so many skincare lines. You go to whole, you can buy skincare everywhere now, right? You, you're checking out at Whole Foods, you buy skincare. You're checking out at TJ Maxx. It's got, they've got the, you know, clearance stuff. Skincare is everywhere. So what was it that made you launch this? What was the why? And that's probably shifted over the years as I've matured. Uh, well, when I started this, just full disclosure, I mean, options we have today, we didn't have. And we didn't have Ulta and Sephora and um, online shopping and Instagram. We didn't have any of those things. And the mm. concept of clean beauty was really in its infancy. And I remember so many times talking to people about clean beauty on this soapbox in the beginning, and I could like see their eyes shift to the right or the left, like they were looking behind me for somebody else to talk to, to get away from this crazy person who was talking about clean beauty. Like, what are you talking about? So for me in the beginning, it was really ingredients uh, driven. I was very disenchanted when I really realized what was in products. and I came to that realization through helping my my husband with a lot of health issues, skin-related health issues, but also just systemic health issues. And as we really got uh, very minutely focused on all of the ingredients and foods and cleaning products and things that we were surrounded with, uh, of course, it made perfect sense that my next microscope would be put onto cosmetic ingredients. And um when I started Google searching what these ingredients were, I just kept getting these images of chemical compound pictures and thinking, well, what, what is this? And when I got to the realization that it's really just a goo soup of petroleum derived chemicals with a few botanicals peppered in here and there and bookended with some preservatives and fragrance, I realized this is not great. And then I also realized through his health discovery process, I had all kinds of health problems. I didn't even really realize I was having because they just came on so slowly. And it really was a slow drip of constantly covering myself with these products, putting them on my hands, showing customers, talking about them, breathing them in. I was just exposed so much to so many of these ingredients. And when I finally woke up to the health problems it really became evident. So my original why was definitely ingredients because working for all these amazing companies, the training was very much surrounded by stories. 
beautiful romanticized stories of these botanical ingredients and where they came from and the indigenous princesses who have been using them for centuries to help with this and that. And, you know, very romantic and lovely in these beautiful settings and beautiful lunches and, you know, all the gorgeous imagery. And so we're getting these stories about these beautiful botanical ingredients, but then reality hits and the products hit the counters and they're not really that they're petroleum based products mineral oil oil, petroleum silicone dimethicone acrylates i mean those are plastics plastics that hold a little bit of botanicals so Mm. that was really disenchanting to me and then i i went to graduate school for sociology so a lot of that is about uh what what we absorb, the information and the messaging we absorb as a social group. Mm-hmm. And I just got so disenchanted at the same time with all the marketing and the messaging and the imagery and the message that, hey, if you just buy this product, you're going to be beautiful like her. And you should be beautiful like her. And all these women that I helped day after day after day at these counters who just kept coming in and spending their time and spending their money and looking for this next product that was going to make them beautiful. and that was in in response to the product that they had bought two weeks ago that didn't work, you know? And I just thought, oh my gosh, we have so many bad practices as a group of women, which are buying products, spending our hard-earned money, wasting our time. I, I don't want to talk about these things anymore. I want you to get something that washes you, moisturizes you, and makes you feel good so you can go out and do your thing. And I just felt like my heart was breaking watching all these these patterns continue to happen. So we have the messaging, we have the marketing, we have the ingredients. I see this having a direct relationship with this inequality with men and women. Men aren't going to these beauty counters, spending their money and their time, spinning their wheels, trying to be beautiful. So that goes also back to the value piece. I've got one, my husband has one, maybe two products that he uses and he uses them until you can start to see that the crack of the, of the of the whole, you know, whatever the, the the container is starting to fall apart and peel apart. Then he cuts it open and he scrapes it down. Yeah, if you're listening, honey, I know you listen to my podcast and you get mad when I talk about you, but I'm talking about you now. And he scrapes it down, he gets all of it out, and then he finds a way to turn it inside out. And I'm like, well, you know, you're probably getting some contaminants from the packaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to get all of it. That's their idea of beauty. So please continue. Yeah. Well, women on the flip side have a Covered and five drawers full of old half-used products that have just gotten stashed away in search of the next one. So then we have all other issues related to that. And it's funny that you say that with the, you know, he's got two products. Well, the marketing message to men is, hey, buy this one jug in a gallon size for $4.95 and it's going to wash your hair, your body. It's going to moisturize you too. And it's going to be your deodorant and it's going to make you smell good. And then as a woman, we walk in and they're like, oh no, ma'am, you're going to need a day cream and night cream and eye cream, a serum, a night serum, a neck cream, a decollete cream. Don't forget your hands. Don't forget your cuticles. Oh, and that'll be $795,000, you know, and you're going to be standing in front of the mirror for four hours, but like, don't worry about how you look. Everything's going to be fine, but be beautiful. So I just, you know, I couldn't take it anymore. And I thought, I, if anyone can do this, I can do it and I'm going to do it differently. And thank God for that cockeyed optimism and complete delusionality, because if I had known the journey ahead, I may not have stepped onto that path, but it has been wonderful. 
What a great story. I love that. That is the story of clean beauty and how it came to be, or beauty nouveau, excuse me. But I love that, what you're saying, because it is, it's it's just overwhelming. I feel like the, the skincare, um, I would never thought I would say this, but I believe that the skincare uh, market now rivals the fitness and wellness market, because just as you were saying, there is a machine and a vitamin and a pill and a screen and a for everything and people are still obese and overweight why because it's just marketing it's not there to help them so that kind of illuminates the looming question in the dark and here at the optimized workplace we're all about solutions for our audience so i have to ask this question so what you were talking about about everyone you know there's so many different offerings and half of them are just full of and botanicals. And now you see all these big brands, some of which, you know, obviously will remain nameless, but you probably work for because you're from the luxury market, um, jumping into the clean beauty space. So as a consumer or someone who really values, you know, environmental sustainability, right, really values um, what's going into their body and recognizes as the skin is the biggest organ, it's not just what you eat, it's what you put on your body can also be affecting your health, how can, you know, our audience think more, um, you know, what do they need to really be thinking about when they're looking at all these different brands jumping into the clean beauty market and they're not, you know, a small uh, nuanced offering like yourself, like Beauty Nouveau that we know, hey, I've talked to the owner. I've seen the owner. I know what she looks like. I don't know the owner of some of these big luxury brands. So how do I know I can trust them? What should we be looking for? Well, my general rule for myself is if I see it on TV or in a mainstream magazine, don't eat it and don't put it on my skin. So that's my main rule. Um, that's but that's just for me. Not everybody's going to adopt that. But I'd say, first of all, you got to look past the, the fancy. Yes, mm. we want beautiful things. And I'm a big fan of that. And that's where our packaging came from. I didn't want craft brown paper boxes and, and bottles on my vanity. I wanted pretty packaging. So that was a motivator for me in the packaging design because of coming from that luxury world. But look past the pretty pictures, look past the marketing campaigns, turn that bottle over and look for five ingredients. Mm -hmm. If you see these five, put it down. Polymer, copolymer, acrylates, silicone, dimethicone. If those, if any of those are in there, and we have a great blog article on our website with a picture you can download to your phone if you want to just remember that because ain't nobody got time to remember the names of these ingredients. Yeah. Um, if they're in there, other things are in there. So that's one thing. But we can't always choose everything based on perfect ingredients. But I would just remember why. Why are these products like this? How did we get to this point in this world? Well, really, it comes down to our expectations as consumers. We have to first change those expectations that we have in order to make different choices. Because I'm the first to say, I want my I want my skin to look and feel great. I want my makeup to look and feel great. And I want my hair to look and feel great. Like, you know, I love that. I want to feel confident and I want to feel like I'm fully prepared for my day. But I also really want to make sure that my health is protected. So it's ingredients. It's thinking about our expectations. Why are these plastics in products? Well, they're byproducts. 
they're the byproducts of the petroleum and the gasoline industry. So they're cheap. They're cheap and they last forever. What do we want? We want the best value. We want the least expensive cost of things. We want those products to last for five years. We want them to be stable. We don't want them to melt in my bag when I travel on vacation. I don't want to have to think about expiration dates. I don't want to smell like eucalyptus oil. I want to smell like, I don't know, fruity, fruity. Exactly. (laughs) I want to smell like, you know, something that's not real. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I want my lipstick and my makeup to wear all day long and never have to touch it up. Well, we have a very large, strong sense of unrealistic expectations of what our products are supposed to do. And we have this underlying idea that they're supposed to make us beautiful, but they're not. They're only supposed to take care of us and our skin that's an organ and maybe put a little color and zhuzh on our face and hair. Well, so I think I would... something really powerful too, though, Lacey, is that it's just like, you know, there's a lot of buzz around um, the, the, the inexhaustibility and, and the unsustainability, lack of a better word of fast fashion, fast beauty is the same, you know, if you, and I always tell people, especially from a well-being perspective, if you have neglected your body for 40 years and you have fed it any burger, any fast food joint, a bunch of alcohol, and as much of, of non-self-care as possible for 40 years, what makes you think that when you go get a gym membership, <laughs> you know, or you find out, sign up for some with some fancy personal trainer, or you get a personal chef, or whatever you do, that immediately or within six months, forty years of neglect is going to equate this gorgeous body. And I think your messaging is the same around the, this the clean beauty. It takes time, right, to undo some of the things you've done. Am I am I understanding you correctly on that? Yeah, and. And it is a purging process to let go of some old products and to change our expectation. Like my least favorite thing, a question I get asked is, is this going to work? I'm like, work what? Work how? What is your expectation that it's going to work? I mean, you're not going to get younger tomorrow than you were today. Like nothing's going to work. I don't know what this work is supposed to be. Is it, is your lipstick supposed yes, to stay on I all love, day? I love, I love her as an advisor. Like she's like, she's just no BS. Let's go with it. <laughs> Keep going. You know, so it's like, is it going to be anti-aging? No, nothing's going to be anti-aging. It's just not going to happen. Yes, there's peptides. Yes, there's collagen boosters. There's these like buzzwords that we know. But at the end of the day, it's overall self-care. It's your mindset. It's your sleep. It's your, it's how well you're taking care of yourself overall. It's how clean are the ingredients that you're putting on your skin. And also, like you said, back to your question about like, how do I buy these things? How do I know when to, where to start? You know, my rule if it's on tv and it's in a big magazine don't buy it mm-hmm. if it's but there's also the category i love to call best of the worst if there's less ingredients if it's one of these big mainstream brands that's trying to trying to get into that category all right give them a shot but look for silicone dimethicones acrylates acrylates are what they make acrylic nails out of that is in your skincare and your makeup like Ooh. when you realize that it's not hard to not buy those products yeah. That said, you're going to a fancy wedding and you want something to wear all day long. You want a lipstick that doesn't come off? Great. Fine. Go for it. Have fun. Be your best you. But maybe not wear that on your mouth every single day. Maybe don't put 
body lotion all over your body that has acrylates and polymers. Um, polymers are also plastic. Um, silicone is what they clock showers with that is in your skincare and makeup. And I know it's easy to say, not mine. I trust my brand. Go look at those labels. I guarantee you it is in there. Um, yeah. So, and give your local people a try. Look for the smaller brands. There are some amazing brands out there doing really great things. And that's why I love that this conversation has gotten bigger and there are more brands and there's more competition because when I started this, there wasn't much competition. Now it's a really big conversation and there's a lot of people doing great things in the hair space and the makeup space and the skin space. And they're really, they're people focused on being impactful, not necessarily just making profits. So that has a different level of trust and different experience just backing it. Um, mm -hmm. But you, you're going to have to do a little bit of research and digging to find the brand that really fits you. And maybe it's a combination of products. I mean, we have really tried to be that line that you can get everything in uh, so you don't have to think about it. I want you to buy your products once a quarter and then not think about it until you have to buy them all again and you don't have to go searching for something else. You know, this is a trusted brand. You know, it's going to work for you. You know, you enjoy the experience. You know, you feel your best. That's our goal. But it does take a little discovery and it takes a little personal discovery of like, what are my unrealistic expectations? What what might I need to change? And what am I willing to um, sub in for something I'm going to take out? The most important thing I think, hopefully everyone that's listening to this podcast episode is getting is that it takes work, folks. There is no magic wand. There's no perfect pill. There's no perfect product. And you have to do your own research. And, you know, I think as a woman of color, I have seen, I love the fact that you said you, you talked about beauty, but then you talked about hair, you talked about skin, you even talked about food because in our community, in our culture, we are finding now. So, you know, as a woman of color, relaxing our hair for years, we're finally starting to see the, the evidence of, and the research behind some of the cancers that have happened, um, even being linked to dementia and Alzheimer's because of the relaxing, relaxing of our hair over the years, or what we call the crack cream that we used to throw in our hair at the age of, starting at age of eight, my hair was relaxed and I stopped doing it, what, 10 years ago, but you still have the vibe, you know, you have all the after effects that you deal with. Like you said, you wake up with all these health issues and concerns and conditions that you're like, where'd this come from? Oh, so that, that, that cream that I was putting on my hair that was like relaxing, that chemical, oh, that seeped into my skin. Oh, and it caused this problem. Like you don't think about that. You don't think about the correlation of the after effects, but it's the same with skincare, right? It's our largest organ. So we do have to take not social responsibility, personal responsibility. You can't just go buy it quickly. You have to take time, read the ingredients, look at what's on the label, take cl pay close attention to that. I love what you were saying around buy local. You know, I found local hair care companies. I found you. I've, you know, I've used in full disclosure, I've sent Beauty Nouveau products to clients as, as thank you gifts. They love the product. My employees love the product. I mean, it's really good stuff. So you're right. I mean, finding locally sustainable you know, local uh, providers and designers, I think is phenomenal. So now I want to shift the conversation a little bit. 
Because the men that are listening to my podcast are like, okay, enough of that, Fran. Let's move on to something else. So let's talk about the the wonderful, <laughs> the wonderful joys of being a CEO, which, you know, it's a it's a roller coaster, right? I talk about that all the time here at the Optimized Workplace because it's been a roller coaster for me. So I'd love to, for you to share a little bit about that. You know, what has been your biggest life lesson um, in being a CEO? You've been a CEO now for over two decades now, right? With Beauty Nouveau, is that correct? Yes, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we spent a lot of time just in like R&D in the beginning. So it's been a journey getting to that yeah. title. Yes. <laughs> so what would you say has been your biggest uh, lesson that you have learned in, in your journey as a CEO, uh, just in, in general, in terms of, you know, what it's taken to get where you are, to get to this incredible place in your career and your business? And looking back, what would you have loved to tell your younger self? So many things. Uh, let's start with... Um, there's no right way to do it. And your path is different than everyone's. You know, we sometimes think that there's this organized corporate structure and there is, but at the same time, it depends on what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're going to get there. There is no prescribed path most of the time. And let me just qualify that. There's two ways to build a business, bottom up, top down. If you're top down and you've got all the investment funds and you have everyone lined up and everything is is ready to go from the top down, you're going to have a very different experience than if you're bootstrapping it from a dream, an idea, a little bit of ambition and maybe a little bit of rebellion in there, which is how I started. I started as a sort of disgruntled, disenchanted, rebellious child of entrepreneurs who had an idea and a vision and a little bit of background and wanted to move forward. And I had a lot of roadblocks in the beginning. You know, I I had no idea that I was going to end up having to become my own manufacturer because the quote unquote manufacturers wouldn't use the ingredients that I wouldn't want to use or that I wanted to use. They, They just kept telling me, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You have to put this in. You have to put this in. You have to put this in. And I just kept thinking, no, I don't. I don't want to put it in there. There has to be a way to figure out how to do this without all that gunk. And then they wanted, you know, they wanted me to purchase like five to 50,000 units of a product and then five to 50,000 units of the sample product. And I thought, well, how am I ever going to get to a full line if I have to buy five to 50,000 products that I don't even really want? I don't have an audience. I don't, who who am I going to sell to? You know, so it was like a very big mountain, very big steps um, that required a lot of very small steps in in between to figure out how to do it. So there was a lot of learning. So I would say be patient and embrace the learning. I have learned everything from how to be a graphic designer to how to be a social media strategist to how to uh, how to do all kinds of things. I mean, I actually created every single recipe in a test kitchen, and I still do. So. The trial and error and the experiments, whether you're making a physical product or you're coming up with a digital download, I mean, just respect and enjoy the process because if you're trying to get to the end place, it's going to be miserable because there is no end space. It just keeps going and you keep developing and you keep learning and you keep growing and everything keeps expanding. So I think I would say I would remind myself in those crying times of how am I ever going to get this to what I want it to be? I would say, just keep going, be patient, enjoy the process. You don't even know what this, what this has to do with what you're doing, but eventually you're going to see when you look, Mm -hmm. um, that would be my main, 
I mean, and if you can build a business top down, please consider it. I haven't done it myself, but it seems a lot easier. <laughs> so they say, but they have very little equity at the end. They have very little equity. Yeah. I love what you just said, though. Um, and I was I, I remember something I read or something I heard in somebody's talk that um, they feel like or CEO said that, you know, starting a business or or building a business is the best one of the best lessons you'll ever learn in personal development. Because it really is. I mean, you're constantly developing yourself and you're constantly morphing into somebody else and morphing into something else. And nothing is ever done. Websites are never done. All the marketing materials are never done. You never never hired your last very best person because as soon as you hire them, they're gone. I mean, it's just always something, right? So um, curious, what are you most excited about as we're turning, can you believe we're turning turning the corner on 2023? Going into 2024, you're in a company that's always developing something, R&D, like you mentioned. So what are you most excited about over the next six to 12 months? Um, Can I put a pin in that question and just add one more thing to the last one? (laughs) Sure. Which is get a mentor and people around you who are not yes people, who will challenge your leadership and help you really learn how to communicate. That I would say would like be a hugely important thing. And don't worry about how much money you have to work with. Just keep working through these things. So I would I would say that's that's one really important thing. Develop your own leadership skills in a real and authentic way. Bravo. Bravo. Yeah. Bravo. Yes. So what what am I most excited for? I am really excited for I always love fourth quarter. It's always just a really fun time. Um you know, there, people are just so much more active during that time, which I love in, in the product is industries. Um, we're launching a new scent collection, which is going to be very Ooh. lovely and exciting. Always gets people wow. going. And it's a great starter type product to get into because we do, we use a lot of essential oils in our products, but we also use some fragrances because, you know, sometimes people just like to start off softly in the clean beauty world and still want to smell a little almond coconut nutty. So we have that (laughs) offering. So that's exciting. And then I'm also working on a few um, courses to add. In the beginning of the year, uh, we we chose the word to like express how we were feeling, which was value. And it was really to talk more about our values, not just internally, but more externally. And then also to sort of propose, like, how do we give you more value? How do we take more care of you? How do we evolve from just product sales to something a little bit more deeper, a little more rich? So we've been working on some online courses and the first one being a values course. How do you choose your values? And it's very easy to say, oh, values. But then when somebody sits you down and grills you and says, well, okay, what are they? And tell me how you define them. And then tell me how you use them in practice and tell me how you hold people accountable with them. Tell me how you have a conversation about a broken value or a conflicting value. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. So (laughs) this is a step-by-step course that helps you choose your own values, identify them, define them, and start working on how you would actually use them in your real life. So I'm really excited about that. I can't say exactly when it's going to be available, but it's um, it's pretty polished, but it still has a little, little zhuzhing to go. So I think that's something that I'm very excited about. Oh, so rich. I love it. I think the whole journey of you know, what's happening in the beauty industry because it affects all of us. 
everybody uses STEM. Even my husband, he uses STEM, even though it's very little. You know, it's like when you talk to an insider, it's like, wow, it's really fascinating because you have no idea. Like, we really don't know. You don't you don't know that stuff. You don't know what's what really under the lid until you talk to an insider. Yeah, true. Yeah. There's a lot so. of stuff in there. A lot of stuff. Ooh, yeah, I think that definitely, um, that should even be a part of your course at some point. I'm sure you'll get there. I'm sure that's where the values piece is going. But, you know, how do you, you know, create your own, you know, skin, well-being, whatever, universe or whatever. I mean, like, because people love it. Women love products. I'm one of those women. I do. I really do love products. But I do feel like there's, you know, maybe how you create your own clean beauty journey, because I think there's just so much out there that you just end up, oh, oh, let me try that. Let me try that. Let me try that. So, you know, creating your own journey, carving out your own journey, discovering your own journey, and that you can still have fun with it and try different things. And then I think there's this whole new group of women that do like to buy less, but my age group, we like to buy stuff, you know, 40 plus. We have it, This, you know, we have the income to try stuff. So, you know, if there's a way that we could take the journey, but take it smartly so we're not hurting ourselves would be great. Well, that is part of the values journey or the values course, because, you know, for so many years, I thought like, why are these women so easy to sell to? I mean, full disclosure, I'm a dangerous weapon in a department store. I am a highly trained salesperson. I can... Mm -hmm. I can guide you to spend whatever amount of money I want you to spend pretty much like I'm good. I know how to control the the beast, but I mean, if I'm truly doing the job I was hired and trained to do, I am going to sell you, cross sell you, upsell you, make sure I hit every single category. I mean, when you're on that floor, your goal with every client is to get them into at least two products and get them into a mascara. There's a goal per category. You want them ideally to walk away with a mascara, a foundation, a powder, a color product, a fragrance, a body product. Like you're trying to get them into specific product categories to make this array of goals that have been set before you. Um, I mean, there's talk about the customer journey, the sales (laughs) journey. It's intense. And I was very good at it did it with a lot of heart if you and if you're thinking okay if i spend this money i'm going to look like lacy then you're 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 and you have the money to spend because there's a lot of people that walk in that don't have the money but there's a lot of people that walk in they have the money they want to look like you and so boom here's the checkbook let's go right and you know what if you have the money and you want to spend the money and that's what you're doing great my issue came when it was like i don't really have the money i don't really know what i'm here to buy but like i'm seeking something because there's a void i want to fill that i don't like that yeah. it's like all right let's get down to what you really are looking for what are we trying to do here what's the realistic budget i don't want you to have buyer's remorse i don't want you to feel later like oh i shouldn't have bought that now i have to sacrifice something that's really important So how do we find that balance there? And I can't tell you how many times speaking to that point that you just brought up that women would start the conversation with like, well, what are you wearing? I'm like, girl, I am like a transparent, ultra white, no pigment person. Like what I am wearing is not going to look the same as what you're wearing. And I don't even know because I just grabbed it off the counter and slapped it on myself because I, I don't, I don't care. I'm just wearing it because I'm paid to wear it here. So, um, you know, that was part of, part of it. But then I, I just always wondered, like, what was the motivation that 
would bring somebody in and then let them be talked into so many things. Because it was very clear when somebody was being talked into something and when they were making the decision. And if I could be honest, I I made your decisions most of the time. I'm just speaking mm-hmm. generally. But mm-hmm. it was a rare situation where I felt that my customer was leading the charge. And that is part of sales training. Do not get on their ride by the sale. You choose, you make the choices, you tell them what they need. So I thought, well, why, why is this? What's the underlying part of it? And then I got really involved in the values piece. Well, if, and Katy Perry says it best, if you don't know what you stand for, you will fall for anything. Yep, absolutely. So if you don't know your core driving values and what is most valuable to you, Mm. you'll get on anyone's ride. So teaching women how to choose their values and how to have that conversation. Hey, I love that lipstick, but like one of my major values is family. And I'm super committed to saving money to take my family on a vacation where we can build the most amazing memories. Like it makes it much easier to make purchasing decisions, whether it's a lipstick or a car, you know, we do not really use values to make our consumer decisions. My value is health. If my value is health, I will put the time into finding yeah. some different products out there. I'll spend a half a day at the farmer's market instead of at the mall exactly. or talking to some friends about what they're using or some of their experiences. We just would make different choices based on how strong our values are. So that's, it all kind of came together for me um, with all those realizations. I love it. I love it. You're definitely coming back. You're definitely coming back. <laughs> I will say, um, when you try Beauty Nouveau products, uh, if you are a person who's used traditional off the shelf, as she said, you, she put it very nicely and very cleanly, but you know, off the shelf, you know, big brand, you see them everywhere products. When you first, you know, open up the beautiful packaging or you try like I tried like a, a butter balm that she has for the skin or a cleansing for the face, you're looking for fragrance and you may not find fragrance, but that's the whole point. It's a learning process that, oh, that fragrance was fake in the first place and it was gooking up my pores, which is why I have, you know, my pores are looking horrible. So, you know, it's a learning process. So I just applaud everything that you're doing, Lacey. I think it's fantastic. I love the line. I think you're, you know, I'm I'm a groupie. I'll admit it, but I think what you're doing is fantastic. I love the fact that you you started this line. And a couple of things, Lacey, uh, one thing Lacey hasn't shared is that she's actually going to be launching her first retail store soon. I'm not going to say any more than that, but you know, I'm sure if you follow the, everything will be in the show notes, folks. So if you want to find out more, they're on the West Coast now, but I'm sure there will be more beautiful and incredible things to come from Beauty Nouveau. So Thank you, Lisa Hagen. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Thank you for all your beautifully wise questions. I certainly will hold the door open to have you back once you launch the scent line. I love scents. So I just, I do. I love, I love essential oils, but I typically love oils and anything of scent. So I'd love to um, have you back maybe the start of the year to share with us about your scented line. That would be fantastic. It would be an honor. I'd be, I'd love to come back. And thank you all of you who have joined us today for this episode of the Optimized Workplace. I'm your host, Fran Dean Bishop. And remember, it's many, that's small, monumental moments that make the biggest shift in your life. Have a great day. Stay healthy and stay well. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Optimized Workplace. For more insights and resources, visit theoptimizedworkplace.co. If you enjoyed this episode, please help spread the word and share with those who will enjoy it as well. See you soon.